Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And I think you've been waiting 35 years for this movie called Blade Runner 2049, starring my guest today, Harrison Ford, who is here, for those of you who can't get to see it, to tell you everything that happens in the movie from start to finish. No, so thank I'm not, you, Peter. I'm not going to tell anybody <laughs> anything. Anything, really. No, uh, that's, you know, I, I, people, I, I am really surprised that there's so much buzz about about keeping it quiet. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you keep it quiet for uh, if people are going to pay to get in? They don't want to be told what they're going to see. They want to sit down. They want to, you know, enjoy uh, the wonderful sound system, the, the pop popcorn, popcorn mm -hmm. and let it unfold. Let them experience it, not be told. Well, to, you're preaching to the choir here. Well, what I would I that. be? What I would I that. do if I were writing a review and I said, "Here's what happens," and then this happens, and this is how it ends. Yeah, you know, I'd be strung up. Well, I hope so. So, <laughs> but so. the pressure, you know, they say, "Why are you being? Why are you guys being so paranoid?" Mm -hmm. Well, for that purpose, for the for for the value of the of the experience uh, to the audience. The only condition that I would put on that is that Blade Runner in 1982 it became like the Rosetta Stone for certain people. Not necessarily at that time, <laughs> no. but over a period of, of time, like the Rosetta Stones, <laughs> it was discovered, you know? <laughs> it was. And, uh, and it, but the immediate effect is the, is the effect it had on visual artists. This was our, you know, because you can appropriate uh, a visual much more quickly than you can if you're fed a lot of uh, st story and have to yeah. figure out what the relationship uh, is of that story to your culture or yourself. But uh, it, w it was immediately had an effect on on the on filmmakers, uh, on on people in the visual arts. It's a pretty amazing. But we should mention that again. When this opened in 82, nobody was going crazy. They, it did decently. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was disappointing to the, uh, to, the, to the studio. And then over a period of time, Ridley got it back in his hands and, uh, and made some changes. There were some changes made. Some changes? Yeah. If you want to go... Well, the, a very important change in that the narrative was removed. Mm -hmm. The voiceover narration, which I'm, you know, I guess uh, it's well known that I did not so much admire that. No kidding. You know, I, th I think... Yeah. I think uh, you really didn't like it. Well, did they hold a gun to your head while you were... Uh, something um, like that. They <laughs> held up my contract in front of me and said, you know, you have to do this. Ridley Scott's been here, and he's been here a couple of times. He always says, that bastard, you know, affectionately, Me. yeah, for you. Yes, it's thank just you. always, always just so annoying about this character. And I say he's a replicant. Harrison says he's human. The great thing about the first Blade Runner Harris, and the second one. Harrison says he's human. Harrison does say Ridley that. Ridley has never denied that he's a replicant. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen. So you came together but isn't so it, well. Isn't it interesting that that, that 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 question still lives 35 years 
later in people's minds. I think it's great. And it still rarely happens. Well, I mean, there are options uh, for the audience in, the, in, the, in this story, a lot of different options. And I'm not just talking about an ambiguous story. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the variety of emotional uh, elements in this film and how much it makes you, makes you think, makes you feel. It's a, it's a, it's a ripping good yarn. To me, what's essential about this one and the original and this one is that it's about thinking when you come home what it is to be human. Yeah. That's the question, yeah. you know? It, and none of us know. We're spoon-fed everything. In the movies, it's all about, well, are these implanted memories that uh, these replicants have? Or is it something we actually remember? Sometimes we don't even know. These are existential questions. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, which, the, which, which the movie doesn't really stop to ponder. It just keeps coming, and uh, like life, and, and, and you figure it out a little bit later. But while you're there, you're, you're so engaged uh, by, by what's happening. And the, and the mix of, of, um, of character um, story and the visual storytelling, I think, is one of the incredible things about this movie. Roger Deakins and, and uh, oh, Denis, the best, yeah. Denis have, have renewed our, uh, the, the license on a picture being worth a thousand words. <laughs> you find yourself in, in, a, in, a, in a visual context as an actor and as an audience that does uh, a significant part of the work for you. And then you get to pick up and build on top of that, because you don't have to. You don't have to explain it all. Well, in this movie, you are co-starring with Ryan Gosling, who is playing very much a character very much like the one you played. I think you even say that. I always feel I'm on safe ground when I only refer to things that are in the trailer. <laughs> you know, then. I can't be spoiling anything. No, we know that he's a Blade Runner. We know he's a Blade Runner. Right, that's it. And uh, that's a job. Mm -hmm. So he's, uh, he's a Blade Runner. So he's a Blade Runner. <laughs> I was a Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. That's right. I had his job once. Mm -hmm. And he sa as he says to you in the movie, uh, you say, what do you want? And he says, I've got questions. And you, in a very Harrison Ford way, say, too many questions. Well... Eventually, I say that. Yes. Yeah. Did you, is Ryan, was he a major Blade Runner freak of the first one, even though he was barely born when well, he, was, he was two years old. Two years uh, old. When it came That's out. That's annoying. He was 12 years <laughs> old uh, when he saw it. Mm -hmm. He rented it for four films uh, for $4, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he watched it. <laughs> four for four? Yeah. He watched it on, on VHS at home. I assume when his mother wasn't looking, <laughs> and uh, and uh, it stuck with him to a degree. I mm -hmm. mean, he talks about how it made him feel. Didn't tell him how to feel. Mm -hmm. Was expecting from a movie uh, the usual effect uh, was uh, that he would be told how to feel. He would, uh, by the end of it, it, it had been wrapped uh, neatly and, oh, yeah. and a bow put on top, and that was that. But he said it was transformative in, uh, uh, in that it left him with more 
questions than answers. Not in an unsatisfying way, but it, it, it stimulated thinking for him. Well, without giving anything away, so does Blade Runner 2049. It answers some questions, and it raises a hell of a lot more as well, which is, is satisfying. Well, I, I would think so. I would think so. It's not, it's, I don't, I, I will say that they, that uh, the questions will always be there. I mean, we're all looking for proof of our existence, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. really. Way beyond the piece of paper. Yeah. This is only your second time playing Rick Deckard to do this. But what was it like crawling back in his skin? Um, there was a unique uh, storytelling device, I think, that, that, I, uh, that I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. The story brought you uh, to him. I didn't have to bring story on my own mm -hmm. back. And so when you get there and you see the guy 35 years older in a different context, then you're, you know, you're on the starting line. You're not walking into the stadium. You're on the starting line. You got there just in mm -hmm. time and you're off. It was, kind of, it was kind of great. And the story that I have to tell flows effortlessly out of the groundwork we've laid before and it's unanticipated and it's complicated and it has an emotional context that just is what was the bait on the hook for me. I wanted that significant emotional relationship uh, with, uh, with uh, characters, with, with the audience. That's what I wanted out of it. Well, was it a different experience because you weren't a happy camper when you were shooting the first one? I was happy enough camping. That's what Ridley says no. He said, you never saw anybody bitch more than Harrison. Well, he didn't like it. It was always dark. It was 50 nights. No, no, no. no. I, listen, I understood it's always dark as before the dawn. dawn. <laughs> I understood that a, that a, a general has uh, has a... Has a has a job mm -hmm. to do, and and he's got to keep the troops in line. I understand that Ridley didn't give a rat's ass whether anybody liked him. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I realized that uh, that that he was that he was keeping uh, me in the dark about certain ambitions, and and uh, and he had control of the movie. Mm -hmm. And and I thought, I thought. I, I I felt okay about that. That didn't bother me. I didn't. I don't want to direct the movie. I just wanted straight answers, mm -hmm. and then I wanted I wanted us to rest in a place where we could work from there. But I and and so but I had a great time. Mm -hmm. I the the I had a I had a wonderful time as much as you can as as good a time you as you can have when you've turned into a vampire because you've been up for fifty nights and everybody else has. Mm -hmm and it's raining all the time. I wasn't complaining about that. I wasn't overworked, I wasn't, it was just, you know, it, it uh, seeping in. But, but this is, I mean, I think it was, it, it was good for me. I think it was good for him. But look what happens in the sequel. He's an exec producer, and Denis Villeneuve is the director. He gave um, uh, Denis his blessing told him uh, 
not to screw it up. As very helpful. As he leave it, he he, he let it lay like Jesus <laughs> flung it. As, <laughs> Mike yeah. Nichols used to Don't say. Don't screw it up. Yeah. There's, there's my uh, full intention for you. But, Just don't mess it up. But it's a brother from another mother. You know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing how, how consistent it is with the intellectual matrix of the, of the first one, how, uh, how much it, 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 it attends to the visual storytelling of the first, but is its own thing. Denis has made it his own movie, and we feel that. But, but uh, we, who who made the movie, I mean, the relationship with the with uh, Denis was uh, the best. The best. He he really is a remarkable person, and his. And his control of the of the thing was uh, fastidious. He has tremendous enthusiasm. Yeah. He just really yeah. loves all of that. But look, you've done this with Blade Runner 2049. You've done it with Han Solo. You know, you've crawled back into the skin of that character. Yeah. And look what they did to you in The Force Awakens. It looks like you don't ever have Peter, to come back. Peter, as you may remember, I've been arguing uh, to, for hum a human sacrifice. It's right. You, uh, you've wanted for, Han Solo dead since the return of the Jedi. Not in a bad way. No, okay. but I, you wanted, him, I, he had, I, wanted, I wanted him to reach his ultimate uh, 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 moral utility. I wanted him to <laughs> sacrifice himself for the good of the others, mm -hmm. because he's got no mama, he's got no papa, mm -hmm. just about half believes in the force and the mythology that's there. So, uh, and, uh, and then I thought, you know, uh, bring on the, bring on the, uh, on the younger horses, mm -hmm. the fresher horses. So I got, I got what I asked for. It took a it took it, it took a couple <laughs> movies, it took, but it took a very I'm okay with a, that to an audience, and you have to know this, you know, you you have to know how audiences just love those characters that you helped create, and so with Carrie Fisher's death, you know, that's a so we've lost Princess Leia, we've lost Han Solo. This is wrenching to audiences that lived with these characters, you know, whatever you're thinking doing. It. Well, thank God we still have a, uh, a hale and hearty uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is still out there carrying the uh, sword. Carrying the, carrying the torch. Yeah, he's doing it. But look, your life, you've, you've played this, now you've gone back to three major characters that you created in the world to do this. Mm. When, you're, when you're dealing with your family or your wife, do they say, Harrison, uh, uh, here's what we think of what you do? Do you get critiques from... Them? Really? Are they no. tough? No. No. They're just totally supportive. No. 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 <laughs> not. I'm, I was really worried there for a minute <laughs> no, that no, they no. would all be saying, "No, we don't Dad, talk about you, it." Everything you do is great. You don't Do, talk about it. Does a uh, Does a bus driver's uh, wife says, uh, you know, <laughs> comment on how he's driving a bus? No. no. Well, no. in your case, it would be the plane. Everybody's, well, aviation is as much a part of your life as anything, isn't it? It's a way to get there, Peter. It's oh, a way to get there. Oh, come on. And it's, a, and it's a discipline. And what I, when I uh, came to aviation, I came because I hadn't learned anything for a while, and I really mm -hmm. wanted to see whether I, I could do that. And it's a... Did you start with this later in, in life? Were you very young when you began flying? Yeah, I was really young. I was 52. 
Okay, then. You answered my question. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so even when you've had accidents in the plane, you, you aren't discouraged by it. I, I didn't uh, have an accident. Mm -hmm. The engine quit at 600 <laughs> feet in the air. That wasn't my accident. Engine had the accident. Yeah. I stand correct. Yeah. You know, Airplane had an accident. But you love it. I love it. You know? I'm just trying it's to a, It's a... You know, it's what I was... It's a combination of, uh, of, of freedom and responsibility. Mm -hmm. You put in uh, the responsibility to uh, um, uh, know what you're doing, mm -hmm. and then you gain this freedom. But you're constantly attending to the responsibility and enjoying the freedom. And it continues to give back because you continue to learn. It's, it's a, it, it, no matter what, what you do, you can you can always find something to tweak uh, in uh, in aviation, and it and it gets me uh, I, it it's, it it keeps me uh, from you know from laying under a stone that says uh, actor you know uh, uh, when I'm when I'm gone I was uh, for me I, I just want another bit another of thing. another bit of life actor another slash aviator. Uh, I'll well, settle for pilot. Yeah, but you, what you, how you described uh, flying and aviation is very similar to what you do as an actor to me. You put in, you learn, discipline, and then you're there, and it, there's a freedom in it, mm -hmm. and you're doing that both. So I commend you. Thank you. So this show ends, and no, you're going to pretend it doesn't end that way. The last time you were here, in song, in a slight piece of music that is in your head to do it. Look at that face. No, you've done it before you were actually good about it. And you know, there's a, there's a couple of songs in Blade Runner, but there's a Sinatra song that I particularly love. Do you, can you do a little of that? Um, it's quarter to three. There's no one in the place but just you and me. So set him up, Joe. I got a little story I want you to know. And I just ran out of It's okay, but words. you know, Ryan Gosling eats your heart out. Forget his La La Land stuff. I could tell. La La Land 2 will be starring Harrison Ford. Thank you, man. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.